Welcome to It's Your Hormones, the podcast that delves into how your hormones affect every aspect of your life. I'm Dr. Sahar Rokhead. I've been a doctor for almost 20 years and I'm a GP who's been working with patients with hormonal issues for 10 years. Each week you'll hear from a patient of mine or someone I know with hormonal issues who will share their real life story for you to learn how hormones can affect your mood, energy, sleep and quality of life and most importantly, what you can do about it. On today's episode of It's Your Hormones, I'm speaking with Kieran. Kieran is an amazing entrepreneur and kind-hearted soul who I've had the pleasure of working with since 2016. Although we talk about male hormonal issues, there's lots in here for everyone about how to look after your mental health and becoming the person you want to be. I hope you find it inspiring. Let's start the show. Hi, Kieran. Good to see you today. Hey, Sahar. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. So, I think first of all, I need to honour you because this podcast is your idea. Thanks. You're always full of good ideas. Thanks. And as I was getting ready this morning to come down to the studio to record, I was thinking about you and what we were going to talk about. And I was thinking about, I've known you now since 2016, and I was thinking a word I would use to describe you is dynamic. Thanks, I think yeah. you are a dynamic individual, very um, grounded in who you are, very kind and considerate, but also dynamic, full of ideas, full of energy, very generous. So... Well, so I built hey, you up too much now. <laughs> you, 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 you know, I, I honour you too. You're showing up in the world and you're doing great stuff and it, it's inspiring. Thank you. We're just two people trying to make our way in this world and trying to do some good along the way, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, important to try and bring the best of you. I think so, yeah. In a complicated world. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's some of the things we're going to talk about today, really, just sharing our stories and... Talking about hormones, of course, but talking about just how you want to show up in the world and how we both try and do our best, I guess, in our own ways. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) So I've said some things about you, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are? So I um, I, I work in the business world. Um, I, I feel too deeply. And so I'd probably call myself an empathic entrepreneur. Um, it's definitely a conflict, but it's, it's a, a blessing most of the time. I grew up in a small town where people were not very open-minded or sort of um, understood, like we, we like our little phrase, um, showing up in the world. And I came to London 20 years ago and it's been a great journey and I'm, I'm, I'm really living a, a great life on purpose with my own dynamics (laughs) yeah I love that I love that and we met in 2016 yeah in a in a nice room in Harley Street (laughs) yeah a bit dark we were saying but other than that it was fine (laughs) you were wearing green boots which I don't remember, but <laughs> if you said I was, I'm sure I was. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that was a like a changing path for me. That was a, a time when I sort of noticed, which we'll, we'll get on to better, like that my my body had changed and my responses had changed. I wanted um, some answers, so I'd gone exploring Harley Street, and I, I I came across you, and it's been a it's been an, an enjoyable road since, like um, as a practitioner and and uh, you know. As a friend. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say it's um, been great. And I'll talk more about that later too. Some of the things I was thinking about this morning before we were recording. So 
yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about the reasons why you decided to come and see me in the first place? Yeah, so um, all through my 20s, I was really fit, really, really energised to get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, get to the gym, see my trainer, absolutely smash it. And um, I really loved that side of my life and I was hyper-focused. And like you say, I come out with a lot of ideas and I would be on the treadmill and my ideas would come. And then I was like, you know, could, that could play into building businesses and things that I enjoyed doing. But that changed sort of like just in my early 30s. And I recognised that whilst I'd always lived with sort of like a neurodiverse situation, um, I'd recognised that I wasn't coping and my body was changing and not responding properly. And I, I didn't like that. And I thought, well, you know, Harley Street's got an answer to most things. So let's go look it. And I was really glad to um, come to the space where I think the first thing you said to me was like, how are you feeling? Why are you here? What's going on for you? And I was a bit thrown because I was in there for blood tests straight away and, and we explored sort of the changes that had gone on and then we did, we were straight down to the medicine and, and did blood tests and it was quite obvious what was going on and that, that was a, a definite relief. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's always important to find out a little bit about the person in, in front of me, you know, and what's going on for them, how it's affecting their life. Because if I can understand a little bit about their aims, then I can tailor the treatment. Yeah. So I think, you know, you could just go somewhere and go, oh, look, I think I've got some hormonal issue, just take my bloods and then give me the hormones. But if yeah. I know a little bit more about what's happening for the person then I can sort of adjust the treatment accordingly. So I think it's important to ask those questions and also to find out what that person's aims are, but what they think is going on. Because like right. when I'm seeing a patient, just met you for like half an hour, right? Mm -hmm. You've lived with yourself however many years. Yeah. So I want to know what you think because you've got more experience of yourself. I always say you are the expert on you. Yeah, and it's so very personal to each person. So I would imagine for a lady that's having hormonal changes, she recognises some things. But once she's with a doctor, the doctor sort of connects the dots and says, well, no, actually, this is what's going on. And for a man, I think there's a lot of shame around it. And so you possibly won't recognise it. So actually the talking process of, OK, well, this sounds a bit normal now, actually, and, and getting to know that individual person. Everyone might have different goals, so one person might, I don't know, like their energy levels have changed and they want to have those energy levels again. Or one's like sex drive has left the building and that's not a nice thing and that's happening to younger men and they're not talking about it. Or just physical changes that don't actually, we don't have to accept that this is the way it is and I think society just says, oh, well, no, that's just your age, isn't it? No, no, you don't have to accept these things and just be like, oh, it's my age or, oh, like I sometimes see people and they're like, well, I feel a bit more tired or I can't do as much, but, you know, I guess I'm 50 now, so that's the way life is. And I'm like, mm, not necessarily. I don't no, think we like, need to just accept that. I'm 40 now and I feel like this is the best time of my life and if we'll come to more being on stable treatment, but if I wasn't on stable treatment, you know, I noticed that I'm not in my best and it, I, I, I want to be in my best. I enjoy it. It's a great space. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the better you feel, the more you can contribute and give and do, right? So yeah, it's not yeah. selfish to be looking after yourself. Like you can give so much more to the world if you are looking after your health. Right. So, should we talk a little bit about the treatments that we've done together? 
Yeah, I mean, you'll be best placed to tell, remind me which ones. Um, I think maybe we'll start and say I'm on a weekly stable treatment that we took a journey to find what worked for me. And all I can hear in my head right now is the shame around the fact that I have a complicated relationship with my treatment and I, um, I've i been convinced by my practitioner <laughs> that I need to stay on a stable treatment plan because I get to this space where I'm like, I'm okay, I don't need to do this, I don't want to do this, and I come off it and then I go back to where I was and there's not a space I like. So I use Sustanon um, and I, I researched it myself and we, we spoke and we do it and um, I self-inject as a weekly thing. And, and I suppose, again, you know, when I do that, I don't feel nice about it, but I know that it keeps me healthy and in a really good space and without it, I'll probably develop other health problems as well. Like when you have low testosterone, you might develop early osteoporosis and other things like that. I don't want that. I'm here to like show up for the best of me, for the yeah, rest of me. Exactly. So we've tried different treatments over the right. years, right? Mm-hmm. So we've, I think we might have started with sustenance actually. But then we, <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah. And then, and then we tried different types of testosterone. I think we tried the topical stuff, the gel. Yes, we did the point. gel. We yeah. did the, um, is it bioidentical? Yeah, like, like a lozenge that yeah, dissolves in your mouth. was made just for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, we did that. And a combination of injections. And And we varied the length. We tried different spaces between it, three weeks, two weeks, 10 days. I I think what really happened is that you need to learn your body and be really honest with yourself about it. And sort of, I could feel that when I was sort of crashing, is that the right way? I could feel like when I was going back to it and then I could feel when I was peak. And what I found was some of them would send you all over the place. And that's why the communication was so important and seeing you regularly and we'd sit down in clinic and you say, okay, what have you been up to? What's been happening? What's going on in your world? How have you been feeling? And then I'd be like, well, you know, come like Thursday, I was feeling a bit like this. Okay, well, let's adjust this here. And I think maybe we should be looking at an every 10 day or whatever. And we went through all different plans and then it came full circle. And now I'm comfortable with um, the Sustanon 250, which is three different testosterones as a blend? Yes, yeah. Yeah, different esters of testosterone, yeah. Yeah. Some short-acting, some longer-acting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's quite good to maybe point out that at the moment, you know, you went to see your GP and explained what you've been doing and your GP's been really supportive, haven't they? Yeah, so um, my first port was with you and then, you, you know, it's your right under the NHS to get some help as well, but there's not much education, I suppose, within... GPs of such a, I don't have a better word, but niche um, sort of condition and situation. Um, but I've got a really good GP and I'm quite direct and I'm quite well known for being very direct and very clear and I'll, I'll make my case. So I was under like the hospital clinic and they'd prescribed a certain drug and then I went back to the GP and said that that doesn't work for me I don't want to live this peaks and troughs it's it's not healthy like replacing one problem with another and this is my case and this is where I'm at and he's been so very supportive and worked alongside you and in communication Um, and yeah now my treatment is steady and you don't have to just accept that it's not available and because the NHS is sort of elementary guidelines yeah. And I think it's, it's worse for ladies, isn't it? Because going through the menopause is just not the support. And it's because of understanding. Yeah, because like for years, it was very much like, don't prescribe HRT to women. It's going to give you cancer. 
don't take it. So doctors didn't bother learning about HRT because it's very much, well, don't give it to anyone. So why would you spend your time learning about it? Um, So there's been now a new wave where HRT is more acceptable. Those risks have not been seen to be as bad as they were once thought. So doctors are now learning. And I think that's great. But obviously, I feel like men's health is also an area that people don't know as much about and again we just need more education for for the healthcare professionals to be able to take an interest in it Um, before I started doing this work um, I started doing hormone work and initially it was probably 90% women I saw very few men so I didn't know as much and then I, I, I moved to a different clinic and there were more male patients there so I then had to do my own learning again and learn about testosterone, how it affects men, the health benefits, the different types, the sort of tests you should be doing. That was all self-directed learning. I I was never taught it, well, not that I recall, in hospital jobs or in medical school. It was very much self-directed because I had an interest in it. And this is why, you know, we need to honour you as well. And like you're showing up in a space where there's there's not many people showing up in that space. And like you said, like it was the self-development I feel like there's there's probably not so many practitioners that know so much about it because the other side of the coin is that do men like me live with shame or and dismissive sort of attitudes because a man you know he, he shouldn't really take that much care about himself or I wonder if like men struggle to put themselves in a space where they're like looking after themselves because when they're going to be like talking with their mates and things like that, so, oh, I'm on a testosterone treatment. They're just going to, they're not going to understand yeah. like what's going on. It's not just from an egotistical point of view that you want to, you know, I don't have like beefy muscles and things that when I say I'm on like a testosterone treatment, first thing people think is it's because of that. No, I have absolutely no interest in doing that. Um, I do it so I can sleep well at night, so I can have the motivation to exercise, so that I I want I have much more focus. Like clarity of mind is so important to me. Like running businesses, I need to make very quick, very clear decisions. They might not always be the right ones, but I need to do them. And when I'm not on treatment, I can feel that everything is a bit heavy and it's it's a bit you know. So it massively sharpens me up, and that's why I show up for it. But I don't like to talk about it. Yeah. I guess maybe what I was getting from what you just said is that perhaps men feel like it's a weakness. It's like showing a weakness that they they have to take something to help with their their energy and their mood and their sleep and things. Yeah, I think maybe a weakness, but maybe like it's, it's quite embarrassing and people think it's... Um, like um, superficial, like mm. we're doing it for superficial reasons. But actually, when you tell them, no, well, look at my bloods, look at my situation, it's quite medically clear yeah. that there's a problem that, like with any other condition, can be treated, maintained and can have great results. So I was talking to um, one of my personal trainers. <laughs> it takes a team to a team for me. But um, we were chatting about testosterone replacement therapy and obviously he's in the personal training world. And he was like, oh, I'd never do testosterone replacement therapy. because." And I said, well, why? And then I guess his perspective would be it's guys in gyms, you know, getting testosterone in the toilets and just injecting whatever. It's all like, you know, hush, hush and all this sort of thing. And I said, well, I guess that's the world you're from where there is a lot of that going on in bodybuilding and things like that. But I said, but, you know, you're current, I think it's like late 30s. So I'm like, well, what about when you're 
45.50 and your muscle mass is going down and your mood isn't as good and you're still working out but you're feeling weaker. Um, I said, would you then consider it? And for a while he was like, no, I still just think you should do things naturally. I said, but it's biological. Would you say that to a woman in menopause? And she said, well, just do it naturally. You know, your hormones are low now. I know some women choose to do it and that's their choice. But I said, as a man, if your hormones are going down, then don't you think you should balance it because of all the other health benefits for your heart? You can still work out. You can stay fit. You can improve your bone density, your muscle mass, your cognitive brain function. And then by the end, he's like, he would consider it. And <laughs> so, see, that brings me back to my point. That I said men just lack an understanding. Yeah. And then there's that shame around it because he was like, well, no, actually, like I'm a man. I can just, I just got to do this the way I've got to do this. But the conflict there is he's a personal trainer that's supposed to know all about your body and physicality. And so he should be recognising there's changes going on with people and then they're struggling. Their muscle mass has gone. Their energy levels have gone. They're struggling with motivation. So, that, yeah, that's quite an interesting conflict one of your personal trainers has (laughs) but there's also a point there you know there his understanding and exposure to testosterone replacement therapy is sort of like a black market version whereas uh, as a patient I know that I go to very professional practitioners who test my bloods all the time and I might say no I don't feel the best of me and then you will tell me well you're at a safe level and that's where we're at Yeah, so talking about that, that's something I was going to say. I think we try, and by we I mean you and I, try to look at your hormones quite holistically. Yeah. So levels are important. We don't Mm -hmm. want too much testosterone in the system because it can cause other health issues. But if you come to me and you're saying, look, I'm not feeling good and I check your levels, I'm like, your levels are really great. They're really, really great. So we're like, what else is going on, right? We try and look at other aspects of of what's going on in life, in diet, in health, in sleep. I think I've said to you before, I think you need a holiday, you know. Like. And at that point I did. <laughs> it ended up as being a seven-week holiday yeah. or something, yeah. Um, so the holistic approach is really important. I think that's why, for me, it's really important to have those regular, I mean, we have very regular catch-ups because it changes it you know like I said I sort of live with a neurodiverse situation as well where in my early 20s anyway my mood could be quite low a lot of the time anyway and that was a conflict because I'm actually quite an upbeat really energetic probably hyperactive person most of the time so when that starts feeding in then we know okay Holden Kieran then I'm on like a combination of like my treatment for my testosterone and my treatment just to balance out the chemicals because my brain works a little bit differently. And it might be that I have vitamins, I'm not eating right and definitely not sleeping right or something like that. So we'll be in a consultation. It'll be no Kieran, you're doing good on your levels, we're there. And just the point on with what your trainer was saying was like, you know, they just like take this stuff of not knowing what they're doing or why they're doing it. And then they add up all these adverse effects like yeah. Seriously losing their hair really quickly or, you know, acne in certain ways. We never had any of those problems. No. No, ours is like, <laughs> it's, it's very healthy and very good. Yeah, something I've seen with um, people who've kind of been doing black market testosterone in the gym, not measuring levels and things, um, 
is that they sometimes they come to see me after and they're just so low and their own natural production has gone so, so low that we just need to go on some sort of replacement. But sometimes there's liver inflammation going on and other issues. So there's a lot to try and sort out, which is why I think just doing it in a really measured way, like we do regular monitoring, um, you know, keeping a check on the levels and not just the levels, but, you know, the liver and the kidneys and making sure the blood count's okay. And just really looking at all the different aspects of how it could be affecting the body is really, really important. Yeah, I think that the um, in the way that it plays out, you know, like the um, so you're, you're on this testosterone replacement therapy, it, it is artificial in your body, and yeah. so therefore you have to be absolutely on top of it. You know, if, maybe not as regular as we are, but you know, the, the, my GP is great every three months. Just with them, they want to test my bloods and see where I'm at, and they do full blood tests, and uh, you know, it's very supportive. You know, I, I'd encourage everyone that's feeling any of the sort of symptoms that you talk about. To, to to you know not self-diagnose but get checked like you should get checked with anything and then discover whether that is something you want to sort of factor into your health program yeah because that's not something we do a lot in the right. uk like a annual check mm. you know um, just people don't go often for an annual check maybe when you're a bit older but I feel like most people, even if you're younger and you're healthy, you know, every year to 18 months, just go and get your hormones checked. Go and get your blood count, your cholesterol, your sugars, your thyroid, all these sort of things. Just get it checked on a regular basis. So if things start to go off a little bit, you can start seeing the patterns early on. And to show up as the best possible version of you, you need to be like, investing in your body understanding your body and taking care of yourself I just think it's very English that we don't yeah I think so um, so I think this is something you and I've really bonded on the fact that we both really want to show up as the best versions of ourselves, and it's something we both think about a lot which I'm not sure everyone where does, does where does it come from <laughs> well, I mean what set us separately on this path of sort of self-discovery self-awareness and then this sort of I mean, like, I, I'm really committed to my growth. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know anything. You know, I want to know much more. I want to be challenged in the world and I, I want to grow. Every day I, I feel like, you know, I'm not someone that's going to go and listen to something and go, oh, I'm gonna, that really was empowered. But, but how I see the world and how people see me in the world matters to me, not from an ego point of view, but, you know, like, I feel like I have capacity to be so much better in the way I go about the world. Um, and to be more generous and to be more kind and to have more empathy. I suppose one of my problems is that I feel so deeply about yeah. everything, you know, like I don't see many limits in how we can show up in the world. You can be really kind and really successful. You can run a business and have a balanced mind and you can look after people within your businesses like, you know, with love. I probably don't tell my staff the word with love, but you're the same. But we struggle and there's the conflict there's the um is the word juxtaposition yeah you know and I think maybe that's the driver I think that probably is the driver I think for me I know you you touched a bit on how you grew up you know I also grew up not feeling I really fit in anywhere not really sure of you know wanting to be a bit more 
seen really and then made changes in my life and went down my career path and and you know created a life for myself with people I wanted to surround myself with and and things like that so I think that's where that maybe growth comes from wanting to show up in the best way I think maybe if you've maybe felt alienated in the past you become more sensitive to other people because you don't want them to feel the same way. I've got goosebumps. That really resonates with me. Um, but I, I think it's really important to say that I don't think you show up, you know, when you had that background and you wanted to be seen a bit more. Like, I'm not sure that's what happens, that you want to be seen more. I feel like it's more introspection and then you really do glow. Like every, you're always doing something or pushing your boundaries, but you're not doing it so that you can post it all over social media. It's because you don't. Suddenly you vanish, and I'm like, "Hey, where have you been?" And you're up Kilimanjaro or something, and, or, or trekking through Africa. And it's for self growth, and it that then rolls out through everything we do. You know, like I say to people, take up space, take up so much space. Like let no one dim your light, and I don't even mean it lightly. I mean like, come on now, you know, like you're here. We're here for a limited time. Yeah. You know, you're great. You're, you're perfect in every way. And um, I suppose that's why I'm so committed to my health journey. Whilst I have it's wrapped in like complicated shame or whatever like that, I know it needs dealing with. I deal with it so I can just plays into being the best part of me. Mm. And I get to have these wonderful interactions with you. Um, we go totally off topic most times. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't like superficial chats. You know, if someone's in my life, I want to talk about the big things and the deep things and find out about people's feelings and, you know, just kind of get all that going on because that's the richness of life, you know. That, that, that's why we know nothing. Yeah. Because we show up with like, well, tell me what you think and you can have these big debates with people and have very different opinions. And that's brilliant because that's their opinion. That's your opinion. And we're all cool. Yeah. We don't need to agree, but we need to be open-minded that they might change our opinion. And we should also hope that sometimes we might change other people's opinions. And yeah. the best way is when it all gets very heated and everyone has very different opinions. And then you say, okay, see you soon. Take care. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, when can we next meet up? Because the, the chat is great. And to, you know, that's how we become better people, I think, is is, is growing and learning together. And again, it's not very English. You know, yeah. English people don't celebrate success and they don't celebrate one another generally. And they don't speak openly about empowering and, you know, showing up with love and sort of like being authentic. You know, every I feel like I'm very English, but we're very much restricted in mm. how we present. And emotions, muted. you know. We don't talk about emotions a lot. You know, it's how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, you know, it's kind of standard answer, but I mean, you're not fine. I don't often ask people how they are because I don't want them to give me that fake answer. Mm. I just say, hey, it's just so nice to see you. Yeah. Closed. I think one of the privileges in my work is that people often tell me how they really feel. Right. And I think that's a, a privilege. Maybe not the first time so I soon meet them. As that them. door closes, yeah, you know, it's like a safe seat. space, yeah, it's a I safe container. You can talk about what's going on in your life. You can talk about what's going on in your relationships. You can talk about who's pissed you off. And you but know, then, as a doctor, how do you like filter that? You know, because that's a lot. You're absorbing a lot. You have a lot of empathy and feeling, and you engage. You know, really deep. How do you sort of not just take that luggage? outside of that safe space? Yeah, I think it comes with experience. So, like, um, when I first qualified as a doctor, the first year I was working, I was on call on the weekend, 
and this woman wanted to see the doctor, but apparently it wasn't urgent. Just she wanted to see someone on call in the hospital. And she was on like the private wing of the hospital. So I kind of thought she's probably fine. And then I didn't get there till Sunday night and I went to see and she was so angry. I've been waiting all weekend and you haven't come to see me. I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm the only person here and I've been doing loads of stuff, but tell me what's going on for you. And I can't remember what was going on, but I feel like it was something quite small. But what was really going on was that she had cancer, she was going to have some treatment, she didn't know if it was going to be successful or not. She was really scared. She was really worried. She was worried about her family and her kid and her husband. And she's trying to keep it all together for everyone else. And she just started crying. I'm really crying listening. Well, I started <laughs> crying. I started crying when she told me. Well, she was filled with fear. Yeah. And she needed someone to come and tell her, look, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. So, that was, so she was crying. It, I I'm... was crying. She's like... <laughs> What are you crying for? It's my story. It's my cancer. I said, oh, it's just so upsetting. She's, oh, have a tissue and sit down. And she started looking at, and that's that's what happened with this person. She was a person that was generally in control. Yeah. And her control had been taken away from her with her diagnosis. Mm. Suddenly you start crying and she's back into the carer mode. (laughs) So my point was, I don't cry every time someone tells me something sad anymore. I do occasionally, but not all the time. And um, I just think you get... You do need a mechanism, though, of of managing that emotion that's coming to you because yeah. it's a lot. So something I do at work is that on my break, I go for a walk yeah. and just go out, go to the park, have a little walk because that's my way of rebalancing in nature yeah. and not just sitting at my desk eating a sandwich, <laughs> doing my letters or whatever. But it's important for me to take just even 10, 15 minutes for myself. Because you're back to back. You know, you're yeah. in the clinic and then... it. I imagine it's all-encompassing. and Yeah, and it can be heavy, and it's heavy if you're not feeling at your best, of yeah. course. So that's yeah. why, again, it's important that I look after myself so that I feel at my best so I can give more to people. And have clarity when they're coming at you at different angles. Yeah, and make the right decisions for them. Right. You know that I'm, I'm making all the decisions, but help guide them in the right direction. Right. Not coming from my sort of wounding or background, but, you know, coming from a really open space for what suits them and what they need. And I suppose that, um, you know, you're in there as a practitioner talking about hormones, but, you know, we're around the same sort of age group as well. Yeah. And you've probably been on your own journey as well. So you can kind of resonate and connect, maybe, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. With people in your room and and get it and understand it. For sure, Um, yeah. So that gives you a great insight into what's going on. Whereas, Mm. you know, maybe cancer, you haven't had it or been treated with it. But uh, what we're here talking about today is something that affects probably everyone. Yeah either directly or indirectly at some point. For sure. And then I think just hearing a volume of people's stories as well, that, you know, when people say, oh, it, oh this must just be me, you know, I, I've gone a bit mad, I've gone a bit crazy, nobody else feels this way other than me. And I can say, no, I hear this all the time. It's just people don't talk about it, but you're not on your own. People do feel this way. And that's one of the reasons for doing this podcast, so people can share their stories, hear the stories, and just realise they're not as alone as they think they are. Yeah, I mean, they're not alone. It's, it's, It's very common. I just think it's something that we need to face and sort of say, 
it's okay to deal with this. It's like, it's, it's cool. It's like, this is just something that's going on. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. Like, I, I do want to sleep with my partner. I haven't fallen out of love with you. It's just my brain isn't there anymore. Okay, well, let's, let's explore doing something about that. Yeah. And switch the lights back on. Yeah. And just to, yeah, create like a non judgmental space as well. And I think what's important is for you to take away the judgments from yourself. And that's something I've been working on for a long time. And I think that, yeah, if you can show up in a different way to yourself with that kindness and compassion and the empathy that you give to other people, then everything can change. But that's really, really hard. And I acknowledge that's really hard. So it's like a daily practice, really, of just trying to show up for yourself in a different way. Right. And I think, you know, as a set of sensitive humans, which most people are, we're not kind to ourselves. Yeah. We might be lovely to others. Yeah. And we're all fighting a monologue. I mean, I've got a committee in my head and they're like, you know, rowing at all times. Mm. And I have to turn that volume down and say, OK, listen, like where you are, come on. This is your journey. No one else is on this journey. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have your own back. Right. You know, and just do little things for yourself. Mm-hmm. I just think I, I spoke to someone yesterday and they're very stressed out. And you and I talk about stress a lot. Mm-hmm. And they, they were just saying, well, I just don't have time to do anything. And I'm like, OK, right. what if you like, if you can have a shower anyway, yeah. you know, maybe you just take some more time in the shower, not just get showered and get out. All my thinking's done in the shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All my decision making is, you know, when you're washing that hair and you're like, I was thinking about, I'm, like, I'm washing yesterday away or today away or and I'm waking up in the morning and I'm getting into it and then I'll get off to work and I'll tell my colleagues, right, in the shower this morning, it sounds totally inappropriate, but <laughs> I was thinking and that's a safe space because you actually, your phone's not going yeah you're not getting run over by traffic cutting through london i'm quite busy that i get quite confused in my calendar a lot of the time so my downtimes are mornings my day doesn't really meetings don't start until 11 and things mm-hmm. like that and that's my way of managing stress because yeah. in the morning i try not to look at too many emails because they're triggers you know because I, I then i feel like i've got to go do that, do that and then from 11 o'clock onwards i'm always very busy yeah but that's my safe space and people mm. need to find like a say it might just be a download of really bad television at night where you can just sit there and your brain calms down and you you're doing something else or it might be like the shower or it might be the little walk when you yeah. need to, to get out yeah mine's definitely my morning so I try not to interrupt it mm. and i was saying <laughs> to this um the, the same patient about managing her stress oh can you go for a little walk at lunch she said oh i do sometimes do that but then i sometimes call someone and they start to telling me all their problems right. and then I start taking on their stress and I'm like we all need phone free time yeah. um, that's what we need we need to just put the phone away if Instagram's going to stress you out if the news is stressing you out then put the phone away if you're not going to go within you're going to go without yeah you need some space yeah you and I are both big advocates of mental health and right. looking after your mental health and how important that is right and, and recognising that the, that's the start point it is a struggle. It's my blessing, definitely, that I've always had mental health complications. Just in a very much, my brain doesn't fire up properly with the happy feelings and I'm not necessarily up there all the time. And so I desperately take care of my mental health. I know what I need to do when I'm not feeling great. And yeah. mine is like I have, I have a tribe. You know, I've got great people in my life. There's no one in my life that's not great. I'm really blessed. And that's because like you when you came to London I've built my tribe you find people they find you and you find people that respect you and love you and allow you 
to take up space uh, even when you're not in the best mental health and you know they fix it you know there's yeah. been many times where I've had cards from you in the post or cards for, you know, my, my friend Donna she's a really good reference point she'll notice something's up and that lifts me that tiny little wonderful card that comes in the post is like listen mate get back on track you know clean mental health like what do they call it mental hygiene yeah it is it, seriously important yeah. And doing those little things that you know bring you small nuggets of joy. And it's a everyday lifelong journey, right? You're never done. You just gotta keep being consistent. Well, there's so many triggers, there's yeah. so many divergences, there's so many little things that happen along mm. the way that can oh that's a turning, you know. And yeah, I think I've reframed lots of things recently and you know, before I'd see it as a chore. Oh, it's so annoying. I've got to do all these things just to feel sane every day and show up, you know? Yeah. But now I see it as it's a privilege that I get to take care of myself. Yeah. And I think once you reframe it, it makes a, a huge, huge difference. And I think that thing I said earlier about wanting to be seen you know that very much was the case sort of growing up I yeah. wanted to be seen but then I realized that actually I only really need to be seen by myself right so I yeah. see you yeah and you in that mirror to... in the morning exactly. mornings are hair you're doing great yeah I, I, I work in like the the entertainment television industry and um, I was talking to like quite a big personality recently and I, I don't know what maybe I overstepped the boundary but I was like listen look in that mirror this morning and tell that mirror that you're great, you're showing up for you and you're wonderful and perfect. Literally every day for the last two weeks has been sent to me the same message, just done my high five in the mirror. I think self-care is really important because no one's coming to save you. Yeah, you've got to show up for yourself. Most people are going to put you in a difficult situation. Mm. You know, you've got to be the consistent one. Definitely, I think that's really, really important. And just how, I guess, if we bring it back to hormones, I guess when you're feeling low... And it's hormonal. I've known that from my own hormone sort of experience that it's very hard to show up for yourself. Well, that, that's it what we're clouds that's, you. That's why we're talking about it. Because if you're out of sync, yeah. then everything is out of sync. So Definitely. it comes from like, you know, physically and mentally... If there's something off, mm. you can't show up for you. You're not kind to you. Well, I'm definitely not kind to myself. Yeah, I'm not either. When, I, when I'm on my treatment and, like you say, when I'm stable on it and not being a hero and saying I don't need to be on this anymore, I, I really vibrate on a really happy level and, and feel gentle towards myself. And when I'm not taking care of myself, I definitely don't feel very gentle to myself. Yeah, for sure. Self-sabotage, you know, I do it all. Yeah. Eat terribly. Yeah. Yeah, because hormones play into everything. It mm -hmm. plays into your dietary choices, if you go to the gym or not. Um, you know, if you're happy, you make different decisions. Literally three days, four days into treatment, I'm like, I'm going for a run. And then it's like that great thing because then you you get that euphoric high at the end and you're like, why, why did I, you know, I need to stay on treatment. And yeah. that's why I now do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this morning I went to a spin class and... It's, it's not easy, like, get up in the morning and go to a spin class, you know, rather be at home enjoying the day. Yeah. And I went and done it because you feel great. Yeah. Whereas when my hormones are out, I wouldn't go for, like, months and months and months and then that sort of sliding. Then I start putting on weight, mm. then I start getting lethargy and then all the other problems come in with it. 
Because I think we're quite similar in the sense that we still show up at work. Yeah. We still Put show your up brave for, face on. Yeah, do all those things that we have, well, you know, we, we feel we have to do. So we go yeah. to these things. We maybe go to events, but we don't really want to be there. We're not in the moment. We're dissociated from it. So again, you're not really showing up in your best way. And my, I was telling a friend yesterday, another friend and I were looking at old photos. And um, we were looking at this photo of, of I was in the photo and I aesthetically looked quite good I guess but I said to my friend look there I'm dead behind the eyes and my friend was like yeah I can see it now actually you're right like you've got a different energy to you in a different light and I said I looked quite good in the photo probably a bit skinnier but I remember thinking like I was quite desperately unhappy actually right I was putting on a brave face so when you looked at that picture you saw that you had the brave face on and it took you back to a time that you knew yeah and I'm like, I want to be as consistent on the outside and the inside and there for there to be no sort of difference, really. That's the aim for me and for everyone I see. And that takes courage, you know, to like show up for you. Yeah. And again, take up space, even when it's difficult. Even yeah. like, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. We turn up to work and the show comes on, you know, like I'm a leader of a business. My colleagues don't need to see me dragging myself around the place. I can do that at home. Yeah. And then I have to, and I'm fighting with myself. Yeah. So come on, you, you, you're every day above ground is a great day, Kieran. You're blessed. You did, and that doesn't come from any sort of anything other than gratitude, like for everything I have, whether it's just my friendships or whether it's material things. And we're human, so we fall. Yeah. And but I keep the show going. Mm. Like no one really knows what's going on with me until. Like we said, I go into those safe spaces, that doctor's room, close the door and we, hey, Kieran, what's going on for you right now? And sometimes I leave like, come, right, I'm back on form. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like a good chat, is there? Just sort of connecting with someone. Life is complicated. There's yeah. triggers and then there's also dots. And sometimes you can just have those chats with people and it connects the dot and you're like, oh, OK, I see. Yeah, everything makes well, sense. You need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, so we, you know, we... Definitely focus on mental health, but also the physical health. Like you said, we look at weight loss, we look at vitamins, minerals, just whatever it takes to get you feeling your best version of yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, it feels a bit indulgent hearing it like that. <laughs> but it, yeah, listen, you, you wouldn't put in your Porsche 911 vegetable oil, mm. you know, so, you know, you got to live with you for the rest of your days. Like, I take care, like, it's important, like, and it's a learning you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, like I've just learned about this new thing that maybe I should be doing. I'm not really a fad person. You wouldn't catch me like getting rid of my furniture and sit in a certain way because someone said I should need to rewild. But um, I'm definitely conscious of taking care of my physical health, but not obsessive. Not obsessive, exactly. We just, you know, look after ourselves, show up for others, just do the best we can, right? Yeah. I just think the better you show up in the world, the better life you're going to have. Yeah. And the more, yeah. I'm paying it forward from like 1981. Yeah. The more you can do for other people too. So that's why I don't think. I mean, look, you're you're streets ahead of me (laughs) with what you do for other people with all your charity work and things. And I'm I'm not there. But I feel like anyone I interact with, I I just want to leave that situation impactful and kinder and difficult situations I find myself in. I think, no, 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 I'm not resonating with this. I'm going to lift this, you know, like exactly. Michelle Obama says, like, when when they go low, we go higher. And I hear that voice sometimes and a few other little voices that like, say really powerful things. And, you know, again, they're, they're not English. 
Yeah, <laughs> different sort of vibe, right? Yeah. But we create our own tribe right? with our vibe. Oh, you just took the words out. Yeah, yeah. Find your tribe, create your vibe, and start to thrive. There you exactly. go. Exactly, love it. You can have that one. I've loved talking to you today. Yeah, thanks. I've, um, it, it, I, I feel um, quite honoured that. You think I've got an opinion? Uh, I mean, I've got a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, you've got loads of opinions. Yeah, strong no, ones. I think that you are an inspiring person. Thanks. I think Appreciate you've that. you've worked your way up. Yeah. You've created the life you want. You are successful, but you're also kind. <laughs> and I think they're all beautiful qualities. And I'm also very shy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate those words. It's I I find it always find it hard to receive kindness um that's very kind thanks yeah, yeah and you've enriched success my life given. since oh, i've known you <laughs> thanks and you my success is not something i take for granted like mm. I, I absolutely hustle and um I, I love what i do i am aware that i make people feel great i try to like when someone says oh you're really kind i'm like i know <laughs> It's something I work on. Yeah. I want to be that version of me. So yeah. thank you for seeing me. Always here for you. Thanks. <laughs> Great to speak to you today. Yeah, you too. I really enjoyed talking to Kieran today about hormones, mental health, and how to show up as your best self in this world. I think Kieran's story is inspiring in terms of how he's so open about his health and taking testosterone and how he feels on treatment in terms of his energy, focus, mood and exercise. He tried many different testosterone treatments before he found something that worked. He talked about the importance of testing levels and how he's aware of looking at everything in terms of his mental health and wellness. Although we're talking about men's health and testosterone treatment, there was a lot in there that I felt is relevant to everyone, such as getting regular checks, how hormonal health isn't just about taking hormones, it's also the importance of deep conversations, being the best version of yourself, finding your tribe, self-compassion and having your own back. Also having daily practices for your mental health. There's more information in the show notes about mental health, testosterone treatments and daily practices you could try to implement. Thanks for tuning in this week to It's Your Hormones. Join me again next week to hear more real-life stories about how hormones can affect you and what you can do about it. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you think will benefit. See you next week. Hold up. 